The views and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily represent those of our sponsors. Welcome to the Small Business Hour with your host, Mark Dio. It's 60 minutes of red-hot talk to help you develop your small business. The Small Business Hour is brought to you by CBion, the last communications company a small business will ever need. All right, folks, welcome to the Small Business Hour right here on the SBA Network. My name is Mark Dio, and of course, uh, joining me, the inimitable Matthew Walker. We're coming to you live from Los Angeles. We are your small business advocates, and uh, every week, our show is dedicated to helping you, our listeners, who are primarily small business people, to become more productive and more positive and ultimately more profitable. And that's uh, really what it takes to run a business here today in, uh, in the United States. Um, and uh, I will say every week we bring you experts and expert advice. And I am excited this week, Matthew, because we have – well, we have a bunch of uh, experts on the show. First off, uh, Mr. Harvey. Jam-packed. We're jam-packed. We're yep. jam-packed. We have, of course, the Swim with the Sharks expert, mm-hmm. Harvey McKay. Yes. And uh, very, very exciting. I'm, I'm very interested and excited to speak with Harvey again about his new book, uh, which is Use Your Head to Get Your Foot in the Door, which is really all about uh, uh, you know, finding a job and, and, and you know, being a smart interviewer and a good mm-hmm. candidate. But I think this can be applied to small business people in terms of prospecting, Matthew. So I'm excited about Absolutely. that. Absolutely, and also with uh, you know, what to do when they're looking for new employees as well. Uh, exactly that as well, so we understand um, the behaviors better and uh, attract the right kind of candidates. Also, our friends from the American Small Business League will be with us today. They have some uh, exciting news, some positive things that are happening, uh, and they'll be sharing that with us. And we'll also have the uh, U.S. Center for Entrepreneurship talking about some of the classes that uh, they're going to be uh, offering. So uh, jam-packed with stuff. Last night, of course, the Academy Awards, Matthew, mm-hmm. and um, – Speaking of uh, speaking of businesses, um, a small business which now has become big business, uh, I think I think it was all about John Cameron, uh, Jim, well, James Cameron. I should it's say. It's actually more. It was all about his ex-wife last night. Uh, I mean, the Hurt, <laughs> that's true. It's his, true. his ex-wife Catherine Bigelow directed the Hurt Locker, and that movie pretty much cleaned up with every major award that it was up for. Won best yes. picture, best director, best editing, uh, best screenplay. Uh, a great, a great night for the Cameron family, Matthew. Yeah, well, I mean, he was sitting right behind her. It was kind of funny. Uh, Why not next to her? Which is a scary thing. Well, but... I mean, this is ex-wife. So, oh, it's ex. Oh, that's yes. right. It's ex-wife. That's right. They're yeah. not married anymore. No, but apparently, uh, he's produced movies that she's made since they've been divorced. Uh, oh, and I right? think he's been married four or five times, and he's worked with all of his wives, both pre and post divorce. So. That says something about him uh, as a person. Interesting thing, yeah. Yeah, really does. That says something. Because he was married to Linda Hamilton at least twice, and she was in the Terminator movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Catherine Bigelow he was married to, and then he produced uh, another movie that she made. He didn't produce this one, but he has produced other movies that she's made, uh, sure, sure, both sure. pre and post their divorce. So an interesting thing. Well, um, I you know, I, I just can't watch the whole thing. It just it's, it's a little bit too corny for me. Um, and, um, but you know, it, it was good and, uh, it was good seeing, um, you know, some of the folks who, who I do, uh, uh, Sandra Bullock 
like Sandra Bullock. Yeah. She's cool. Yeah. Well, I seem to recall that the best speech was given by uh, a guy who won for, uh, I think it was a short film. It was best animated short film, this guy from uh, France. And he made this short film that was called Logorama, which apparently is six minutes long. Uh, and he had, you know, broken English, but it was probably the best speech of the night, I thought. Because the whole movie, he took famous logos and they animated them and sort of made this story using logos. So it had, like, the little AOL guy, like, walking along and, like, the guy from the Pringles can was, like, driving a truck of stuff. You know what I mean? So, like, all these famous logos wow. interacting. No, and that's cool. Because he got up and he was like... Hey, I'd like to point out that no logos were harmed in the making of my six-minute <laughs> film. And then he talked a little bit, you know, he thanked everybody that worked on it. And yeah. then he said that, uh, you know, it took him six years, uh, roughly, to make a six-minute film. So he will be back with a feature-length film in uh, 36 years. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> if it takes that long, right? Yeah. Well, that, that, and, he, and he wrapped up, and it was just – it was a charming it's... speech – and, uh, you know, I, I think it was something that just really stood out to me as a guy who just seemed really genuine with his speaking. You know, we talk a lot in Carnegie about, uh, you know, how you talk and, you know, you say thank you at the beginning. You give a little bit of thank you to the people that meant something to you. You talk about what the award means to you and you thank them again at the end and then you're done. And he used humor and he basically did that formula for, for giving a good thank you speech. And uh, I think it really worked. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I missed that one, Matthew, but I did record the awards, so um, mm-hmm. I will. Uh, I do plan on watching it in. Uh, and you, in you little can spurts. actually contrast that to probably the most interesting speech of the night, which was the guy who won for uh, best documentary short film. Uh, the director goes up on stage, and I guess it was him and his producer, I think. And for that, I guess they give the award to the director, and he's holding the Academy Award. And he starts talking about this movie and, and what it was. And then all of a sudden, this woman who produced it just jumped in in the middle of him speaking. It started – she sort of took over the entire uh, speech, and he's just sort of just standing there next to her, like kind of thinking – It looked. he had this look on his face like, what are you doing <laughs> And she just I, took I, over I the rest of the time. It was it was really fascinating, but I felt kind of bad for the guy because he was like thanking people that helped him make the film, and she sort of just jumped in talking about the the you know, subject of the film. You, you see that you see you see usually two or three or four people come up there, and one person does the talking. And what you're figuring is that well, they decided mm-hmm. that that was they're going to be their spokesperson, right? Yeah. But but you look at the people in the background, and it's almost like they're dancing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, like they want to get their turn in there, and you almost think there's going to be a fist fight or something sometimes, you know? But uh, I like the woman. I, I forget who it was, but she, she received an award, and I don't know. I think she was, she was one of these uh, you know set designers or, or costume okay. designers, and her yeah. comment was – I remember her. She was dressed real funny with a funny hat on. Yeah, she went for a costume design. She said something about how she already had – Exactly. I'm like, wow, how arrogant. You know, how cocky, you know, already yeah. have two. And then she said, and then she said, like, well, I, I'd like to, you know, really, uh, you know, dedicate this award to people who are doing, I don't know, you know, she, she got to do a real big budget, you know, heavy, heavy duty, old time movie and stuff with a lot of money behind yeah, it. Some, some like Victorian, she saying, you know, I forget, which is the kind of thing that they really love, like anything Victorian, you're going to win for costume design or set design. Exactly, exactly. Things. It's a done deal. But, but she was like, well, I dedicated to the people doing the modern movies. They don't have the money and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, well, why don't you go give it to them? You know, 
don't yeah. you call him up there and award it to him? You know, so it's just 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 such a level of such a typical Hollywood arrogance, you know. But anyway, I think that's going away, Matthew. I think the Hollywood, uh, the arrogance of Hollywood is subsiding because you know they are kind of hurting. They're kind of hurting, well, and, but- and that's sort of what cost Jim Cameron winning these awards for the most part. Uh, I think a lot of people would say that he probably deserved the best director Oscar more than anyone else this year in that he essentially had his actors in a blue room with nothing. nothing. And if you can direct nothing. people into giving you a good performance when they have nothing to work with, absolutely nothing. that is literally a great directing job, and wearing, except you know, he's well-known as being unliked in Hollywood. He's not well-liked at all, and especially after he won for Titanic, apparently there's still some backlash towards his acceptance speech at the end when he said, I'm king of the world, and they thought that he yeah, was arrogant. Yeah, he and, said something real arrogant. Yeah. And he is not really well-liked by his peers because of that, and I, I think that uh, goes a long way towards showing that uh, you talk a lot about it's not what you do, it's who you are. And you I think are, in his case, it, yep. it's not the work that he did, but it's who he is. And Catherine Bigelow did a great job with The Hurt Locker, and he did a great job with uh, Avatar, but – it came down to who they were more than what they did. Sometimes it comes down to that, Matthew. Sometimes it does. And, you know, winning business is often that way, uh, whether we're, um, you know, going after new business or whether we're, uh, you know, working with current clients and trying to, you know, get more business from them and, and winning support from our employees so we can get 100% of their cooperation and effort and dedication Sometimes this is – oftentimes it's not so much about how much we pay them, what their incentives are, how many days off we give them, what you know, special little vacations or, or benefits we might give them. A lot of time it's really about who we are as a person. That doesn't mean we're nice to them all the time either, Matthew. Let's not uh, – and we can talk, we'll talk more about this with yeah. Mr. Harvey McKay, but it's not about being nice to people. Of course, we don't want to be mean to them, but it really is about you know, pushing them and getting them to uh, sort of – want to do their best, motivating them, uh, helping them, uh, driving them forward. So, uh, But nevertheless, uh, we're going to have to run. We're going to go and talk to our friends at the American Small Business League. So uh, join us when we come back. Uh, you're listening to the Small Business Hour right here on the SBN Network. The Small Business Hour is brought to you by CBION, the last communications company a small business will ever need. Beyond, big solutions for growing your small business. For over 10 years, CBeyond has provided small businesses with the communication tools for success. We're proud to offer services such as local and long-distance voice, mobile, and broadband internet access, along with enhanced features like voicemail, email, web hosting, data backup, file sharing, VPN, and more. So as your business grows, we've got you covered. CBeyond, the last communications company a small business will ever need. Winning means sinking more shots, blowing away the competition, coming in first. Being second might have been okay for mom, but today, coming in second just gets you a pat on the back and a, hey, thanks for trying. Dale Carnegie Training gives you and your people the skills you need to win. For salespeople, how to be more strategic, earn and keep that important client. From prospecting to information gathering to negotiations to closing. For managers, it's how to win the commitment of your team. Build teamwork and loyalty like never before. A company where people excel. 
Dale Carnegie training isn't some boot camp with a drill instructor who breaks you down and leaves you in a daze. And it isn't going back to school for years and pulling all-nighters while you're still trying to do your regular job. It's the right training for the real world that teaches you how to win more often. It works, and it sticks. Call now, 562-427-1040. Face it, as a business owner, manager, or salesperson, you're paid for results, winning results. So make winning a habit. Call 562-427-1040. Come on, you were made to win. 562-427-1040. Are compliance issues keeping you up at night? Are you worried that your labor law posters may be out of date? Do you even know how to protect your business from fines of thousands of dollars? Without a dedicated compliance department, it's hard to remain on top of the constantly evolving labor law legislation at the state and federal level. That's why the experts at Compliance Poster Company provide their clients with a dedicated research department. The innovator of the all-on-one compliance poster, Compliance Poster Company has simplified labor law compliance. Just hang one poster and you're in compliance with all federal and state labor law mandates. Then when labor laws change, you'll receive an email to let you know and your restless nights. Call the compliance experts at Compliance Poster Company today at 1-800-817-7678. That's 1-800-817-7678. Once again, 1-800-817-7678. Or on the web at CompliancePoster.com. The Small Business Hour is brought to you by Cbion, the last communications company a small business will ever need. All right, folks, welcome back to the Small Business Hour right here on the SBN Network. Again, my name, Mark Dio, with me, Matthew Walker, and we're coming to you live from Los Angeles. And during this segment, talking to our good friends at the American Small Business League, Chris Gunn, welcome back to the show um, as one of our regular contributors. It is great to have you back. And uh, back from the uh, back from skiing at North Star in uh, Tahoe. That's good. We're we're glad when you're relaxed. That's when you do your best work, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, Chris, a couple things happening um, in the world of small business. Uh, one, uh, hearing about this uh, this congressional jobs bill. Um, this bill that. Um, I guess um, really, really, really isn't going to promote jobs. It's really going to kill jobs is, is what the American Small Business League is saying. Am I reading that right or I'm misreading that? Well, I, I think that it's, we're saying more along the lines of it's going to do uh, very little to promote job growth. Um, okay. I, really, I, I think what we're really keying on here is that um, the bill does a lot to, uh, say, for example, create tax cuts for employees who are hiring the work, new workers, but it does very little to increase demand and to provide businesses with the business they need to keep their doors open. Um, and that's what I think we need to be doing is mm-hmm. increasing demand, providing businesses with the business they need. Um, and, of course, that, that, that definitely works within the angle of, of our primary concern, which is the diversion of federal small business contracts to large corporations. You know, if we can uh, have the government spend the money that they should be spending with small businesses, uh, those businesses are going to do better, and those communities uh, that that those businesses are in are going to do better, uh, and and it's going to have a multiplier effect, if you will, uh, continuing down the line. This bill really, really is not going to do that. 
Mm. Now, uh, is the intent to kill the bill and help to create a new one, or are there modifications to the bill that ASBL is recommending? What's the uh, sort of next step on that, uh, Chris? Well, you know, of course, we're always pushing for the language of H.R. 2568, which is a bill that we've been working on. It's the Fairness and Transparency and Contracting Act, um, and the bill would stop the diversion of federal small business contracts to large corporations. That said, um, this bill is essentially what, what uh, we would refer to as a, as a must-pass bill. Um, I think that there's a lot of urgency in Congress to pass a type of uh, piece of legislation like this to show that they are doing something uh, to, to try to impact the job situation. And of course, you know, the unemployment rate uh, last week came out, it was 9.7%. Um, yep. So I think that there's an added amount of, uh, of urgency to pass this bill. And I don't know that they're going to accept any types of, of, uh, of amendments or anything that we're trying to push to get added to the bill, unfortunately. Well, it, it does seem like let's push something through so that we can show the American people that we're pushing something through. And uh, that um, it, it might be why some of these bills are rushed through and um, incorporate um, sort of incomplete language to put any teeth in what might have originally been an, an, an intent for a, a good bill. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to look at it as positive as I can. <laughs> so, so, uh, so do you think that this bill is going to get killed then? Or, I mean, is there enough opposition? Or are you, are you saying, you know, unfortunately, this looks like it's going to become law? You know, unfortunately, it looks like it's going to become law. Uh, now, it, it is small. It's $15 billion. So it, within the context of what we've seen out of Congress in the past, uh, even two years, it's a relatively small jobs bill. Um, but I think that there's a general sense that it's not going to create the jobs the way that it's going to. But I also think, like I said, that there's that urgency. Um, and unfortunately, that urgency is not necessarily going to equate to effectiveness. Um, and I, I think that's kind of the crux of the situation for Congress is, sure, maybe the intentions are good, uh, but, you know, the bottom line is, uh, are the reforms, reforms that are being perf- uh, uh, proposed and, and actually implemented um, within the bill um, by senior leadership, and that's really what it comes down to: senior leadership. Um, you know, are those are those laws and, and changes that are being proposed going to be effective for the small business community? And we think the answer is going to be no. Sure. Now, um, I read a uh, an article recently that, uh, and I, I can't find the article somehow. It came up on my Android phone. I read it. I forwarded it to you, Matthew, but. I can't, I can't get to it for some reason. It's probably been pulled down. But what it stated was that there's just been a recent survey done, and federal um, employees are making more than private industry employees. And I guess this is for the first time. Are you guys tracking with that now? You know, we really haven't been tracking it, um, and it's not something that we've necessarily been paying attention to, you know, the, the, the well-being of federal employees. Uh, that said, I mean, we have paid attention a little bit to uh, specific individuals at the SBA, for example, or even congressional staffers who are making, uh, you know, I, what I would consider to be substantial salaries, um, you know, for the work that they're doing, and yet we're not seeing uh, the results that we expect. Um, and, you know, I think that in private industry, if a worker wasn't meeting the expectations of their boss, uh, you know, they probably get laid off. And unfortunately, these government workers are not meeting the expectations of their bosses, which is us, um, and still, uh, they, you know, they continue to maintain those positions for years and years and years, um, and they probably will for years down the road. 
Um, and one example that I know that we had talked about briefly off the air was Mike Stamler over at the SBA. Mm-hmm. Mike Stamler is actually the SBA's press office director, and over the last several years, we've seen him do more to, uh, you know, allow the diversion of federal small business contracts to large corporations to continue than he has to uh, expose that there are errors and weaknesses within the system and that they need to be changed. Mike Stamler makes one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. Uh, and, and that's that's uh, that's not going to change in the foreseeable future. So, you know, we definitely see some problems with that. Uh, you know, but the question is, how do you address it? Well, one of the things folks can do is, uh, you know, write to their congressman and ask uh, about this, and you know, who who is, uh, you know, who's looking over um, the SBA, Karen Mills' shoulders. Um, and ensuring that the folks at the SBA are actually uh, at least attempting to do the work that their uh, that their charter, their mandate, uh, their charter mandates, and that is to um, you know uh, put in place uh, some of the um, opportunities for small business. That is financial opportunities and you know learning opportunities and connecting with. I mean, they should be working closely with you guys instead of against you guys, frankly. And some of the other uh, small business advocates in this country, um, and, you know, the SBA uh, would put aside the influence from the lobbyists and the senior uh, senators who don't want to see small business initiatives passed because they have large companies as constituents in their states. Uh, if they would, if they would put that aside, that influence aside. Which is, uh, you know, a form of partisanism. Then, uh, then perhaps uh, the SBA could do some good if they work together with folks like you. Um, why do you think that's happening? Is it because of the very reasons I just mentioned, or do you think there's other reasons? I think that it's it's probably a combination of of the very reasons that you just mentioned, but also some other factors that, you know, I think are probably probably uh, outside of the the uh, uh, outside of, or I guess you could say behind the curtain. Right. We don't uh, know. Internal, we don't know. Internal we don't housekeeping. Know. Yeah, exactly. Stuff that stuff that uh, you know. I think that the internal bureaucracy dictates a lot of what happens. Um, I think that the the reputation uh, of the agency is often put above uh, the the uh, importance of these issues to the small business community, um, and and that's really where I think the the uh, disconnect lies with, say, for example, the SBA's press office um, and their and their I'd say creative spinning of this issue. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, I've talked to some senior staffers. I've talked to some folks who are former SBA employees, and I got the distinct impression that if they were, say, for example, doing things that were kind of working counter to that, you know, exposing errors, exposing things that were happening within the agency that were not so bright and cheery, um, that the SBA press office was a little bit upset with them, and then there was internal discontent about that 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 type of uh, poking and prodding, um, and, and so I think it's generally discouraged. Uh, you know, the agency is working to maintain its, its reputation, but it's doing so at the detriment of the small business community. It almost seems to me that the SBA has become a press arm for the executive branch to promote what very little or to sort of blow up and expand what very little is being done to help small business and that they're sort of the, the press arm to say, hey, look, here's a grain of salt. You guys you know, add some water and make this grain of – let's say this rice grain. Add some water and make this look like a gigantic uh, overflowing dump truck of potatoes. <laughs> it's like, I mean that's the kind of feeling I get because there's nothing substantial coming out of that agency anymore. Right. 
you know, the one the one bright spot I will say uh, from this administration uh, in connection to this agency um, is the increase of the fiscal uh, 2010 uh, discretionary budget authority. Um, you know, it puts it just under a billion dollars, which is a significant raise, and and it actually I think is getting us back on track to. Uh, you know, maybe having that budget where where it should be, um, or at least where it was before the Bush administration and some drastic cuts that we all know that happened. So, so yeah. I mean, that's 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 a, that's a step in the right direction. And you know, having having uh, the SBA's internal processes ramped up, making sure that they're providing proper oversight to small business programs, et cetera. Those those things are very good things. But the things that uh, you know are disappointing to us, especially, are the fact that they're not making meaningful strides towards fixing problems that we know exist. I mean, 30 federal investigations, uh, the diversion of federal small business contracts for large corporations has been the bane of the small business community for more than a decade, and yet it continues, um, and, and it, you know, for all intents and purposes, it looks like the SBA press office is allowing it to continue by, by spinning, spinning oh, these, these exactly. investigations into just, just you know, uh, little, little tiny, uh, you know, miscoding, simple human errors, you know, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, so you know, when you catch us, when, you, when, they, when, when they're caught... They, they they find uh, perhaps some uh, you know little little eyes that didn't get dotted or T's that didn't get crossed, but I wonder how many are not caught and slip through. See, that's the scary thing. Oh, yeah. how many are not caught? Right. So absolutely. absolutely. You know, I will say this. Uh, just recently, uh, we actually saw some some interesting things, and I think that the fruits of our labor are starting to starting to you know yield some results, if you will. Um, and, and, and maybe it's small steps, but it's steps in the right direction and stuff that really isn't being publicized. Say, for example, in the Federal Register, there was a recent listing uh, that basically talked about uh, uh, the appeals process. You know, say, for example, if a contract is awarded, a small federal contractor sees that that contract went to a large company and they're a part of that bidding process, they can file an appeal and the government must address that situation and if it's found that that company was large at the time of the award, um, they cannot count that contract towards their congressionally mandated small business procurement goal. Sure. So that said, that's, it's putting the a, power in the hands of the small business owners. That's a good thing. Well, great. Uh, well, thank you so much. Always good to to have the uh, have the update uh, from you, Chris. And uh, uh, we appreciate uh, your time and effort, and Lloyd Lloyd Chapman's time and effort on on our uh, our behalf. Our, uh, so we're making some progress, it sounds like. But uh, but we need people. I think we need people to become more cognizant. We need congressmen to become more congress- cognizant. We need uh, our listeners uh, to uh, become a little bit more involved, and that just means maybe joining the American Small Business League, folks, so that they can have some of the funds to continue to pursue this stuff. And also, it means being aware of some of these, uh, um, you know, really atrocities or some of these uh, uh, oversights, we can call them, from the other side, and uh, drawing, uh, drawing our con- congress, uh, congressmen and senators' uh, attention to it, wouldn't you say, Chris? Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. People yeah. don't realize the power of, or their individual power to affect these situations. And, you know, you really hit it on the head. Uh, grassroots efforts are, are really the key to the situation, and, and we ask that everyone get involved. Well, thanks for being with us again, Chris, and say hello to our friends, uh, to Lloyd and to the rest of the staff, and thank them for us. And, uh, folks, uh, go to the American Small Business League, the ASBL, uh, dot com, ASBL.com, right? I have that right? ASBL.com? That, that's, that's right. Yeah. 
ASPL.com, and uh, uh, either join or at least begin uh, some research uh, so you can find out you know what is happening in the world of small business because it behooves you, listeners. Again, thank you so much uh, for being with us, Chris, and uh, uh, we want to invite you back again to uh, continue to give us the updates of what's happening there in Washington. Perfect deal. with a pleasure being here. As always, my Okay, my friend. Well, take care of yourself, uh, folks. So that was the American Small Business League, our good friend Chris Gunn. Go nowhere because we will be right back. The Small Business Hour is brought to you by CBion, the last communications company a small business will ever need. CBion, big solutions for growing your small business. For over 10 years, CBeyond has provided small businesses with the communication tools for success. We're proud to offer services such as local and long-distance voice, mobile, and broadband internet access, along with enhanced features like voicemail, email, web hosting, data backup, file sharing, VPN, and more. So as your business grows, we've got you covered. CBeyond, the last communications company a small business will ever need. Sinking more shots, blowing away the competition, coming in first. Being second might have been okay for mom, but today, coming in second just gets you a pat on the back and a, hey, thanks for trying. Dale Carnegie Training gives you and your people the skills you need to win. For salespeople, how to be more strategic, earn and keep that important client. From prospecting to information gathering to negotiations to closing. For managers, it's how to win the commitment of your team. Build teamwork and loyalty like never before. A company where people excel. Dale Carnegie training isn't some boot camp with a drill instructor who breaks you down and leaves you in a daze. And it isn't going back to school for years and pulling all-nighters while you're still trying to do your regular job. It's the right training for the real world that teaches you how to win more often. It works, and it sticks. Call now, 562-427-1040. Face it, as a business owner, manager, or salesperson, you're paid for results. Winning results. So make winning a habit. Call 562-427-1040. Come on, you are made to win. 562-427-1040. Are compliance issues keeping you up at night? Are you worried that your labor law posters may be out of date? Do you even know how to protect your business from fines of thousands of dollars? Without a dedicated compliance department, it's hard to remain on top of the constantly evolving labor law legislation at the state and federal level. That's why the experts at Compliance Poster Company provide their clients with a dedicated research department. The innovator of the all-on-one compliance poster, Compliance Poster Company has simplified labor law compliance. Just hang one poster and you're in compliance with all federal and state labor law mandates. Then when labor laws change, you will receive an email to let you know and your restless nights. Call the compliance experts at Compliance Poster Company today at 1-800-817-7678. That's 1-800-817-7678. Once again, 1-800-817-7678. Or on the web at CompliancePoster.com. The Small Business Hour is brought to you by CBion, the last communications company a small business will ever need. All right, folks, welcome back to the Small Business Hour right here on the SBA Network. Again, my name, Mark Dio, with me, the inimitable Matthew Walker. We're coming to you from Los Angeles, and we are your small business advocates. Pretty excited today, Matthew, because we have someone who is really a legend, a legend. It truly is a legend. Uh, we have with us the... Uh, 
author of uh, the New York Times number one bestseller, Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive, Mr. Harvey McKay. And, uh, of course, he's had um, uh, a number of books, a number of books. I'm not quite sure how many. He'll tell us, but he's had quite a number of books that have been released. And, um, of course, uh, Swim with the Sharks has uh, been uh, actually uh, honored as uh, the t- one of the top 15 inspirational business books of all time. So if you haven't read that book, do read it. He's here to talk about, however, his new book, Use Your Head to Get Your Foot in the Door. And um, I thought this would be an interesting conversation because Harvey's not only, I mean, he's not only an author, and that being a syndicated uh, columnist, uh, as well as an author of uh, numerous uh, uh, books, but also the owner of a $100 million business, an envelope manufacturing company. You gotta believe is uh, pretty competitive. So uh, mm-hmm. he has a unique perspective, uh, not just as an author or a journalist, but also as a business person. So please uh, help me welcome to the show um, the very famous uh, Mr. Harvey McKay. Thank you, uh, Harvey, for joining us today. It's fabulous to have Mark, you here. Uh, Mark, thank you uh, for the very kind invitation. I've been looking forward to this, and I, I sincerely appreciate those kind words. Absolutely. Well, you know, we appreciate you, and I, I, I have to tell you, I read your column. I mean, I see it. You're in like 50 different newspapers every time I turn around. I see one of your columns. So uh, you, um, you, and not only that, you also, I guess you're still somewhat involved in your envelope company, so, uh, yes, and you have no, uh, you're a busy guy. You're a busy guy. I, uh, yes, I, uh, I founded it at age 26. Uh, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, still have trouble spelling the word, but that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to be, and yeah. uh, I'm in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul, uh, still active uh, with the company, currently on a 30-city book tour uh, ah. with my new book, uh, uh, Use Your Head to Get Your Foot in the Door, mm. and Job Search Secrets, no one else will tell you. Uh, five cities down, 25 to go, I uh, feel very, very fortunate after the first week at Already is a national bestseller. Went right onto the Wall Street Journal business bestseller list, and, and of course, I'm aiming for the New York Times, where my last four books have wound up. There three of them there. One, so I'm very proud of this work. It's an A to Z, uh, uh, basically career resource book. It's it's not marked just for someone that's looking for a job. It's for anyone on a career path who has a job, wants to keep their job or jump up the ladder as well as uh, find a job. Incidentally, if you have the book and just turn it over, it'll tell you on the back cover, uh, do not read this book. It's, uh, yes, yes, it does. <laughs> underline it, highlight it, use Post-it notes, and right. if after using these principles you don't have a job in six months, then I personally, and I sign it right there on the cover, give we'll, we'll give you your money back. Now, I've done a about 30 TV and 40 radio stations in the last week, and almost everyone has asked me, how, how can you make a statement like that? And how can you promise that? Well, I've been doing this for over 40 years in Minneapolis. I've had maybe four or 500 people through my front door in the last four decades. They've all gotten what they wanted. And when I wrote Swim with the Sharks, Mark, I had a three-week fight with my publisher, and uh, they wouldn't put on the back page money-back guarantee if you don't like this book, but I finally prevailed. They sold 5 million copies of Swim with the Sharks. 18 people asked for their money back, and seven of them were my best friends. 
<laughs> just a test, I guess, right? <laughs> just, just a, I guess just a they test. Wanted to, I guess they wanted to keep me humble. So they anyway, I just wanted to let, let our listeners know that. Five million, five million copies of Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive. Is that right, Harvey? My gosh. Well, totally. I have, uh, you asked the question earlier at the top of the program. Uh, I have, this is my sixth book out. Is this your sixth book? And I have okay. about 10 million, about 10 million uh, books in 80 different countries, distribution, and translated into 40 different languages, which then well, led to the business column that you uh, had mentioned uh, which goes to 58 cities now, yeah, about yeah. 10 million newspapers every week. Mm. And then I'm a lucky guy. I get to speak once a week to a Fortune 1000 company for the last you, 23 years. So yeah, you're, you've always I been big very, on the speaking circuit. Very great yeah. You've always been big on the speaking circuit. You know, the one book that I like, I don't want to get to talk about uh, your new book, but just briefly, um, it's uh, Dig Your Well Before uh, It Gets Dry. I mean, I still use that book with some of my classes. It's a great networking book, and people it's – it's a bit of a different approach on networking. And um, I know I know, yes, maybe that was your uh, – The correct title is, is – uh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that because that is my number two book. I, it's Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty, subtitled. Oh, that's it. That's the it. only networking book you'll ever need. Yeah, dig And I do it. believe if you're between the ages of, oh, 16 and, and 35, it's never too late to pick it up. But between 16 and 35, you can dramatically, yeah. dramatically impact your career uh, through uh, via networking, which, which has, uh, oh, about 65,000 words in there maybe a couple hundred ideas on how to build a network. It really does. And you know, one thing that you've been uh, famous for, I think, Harvey, which probably accounts for your success, is that you are very practical. Uh, you don't approach uh, these sort of tenets from um, you know, an academic or scholastic standpoint. You really approach them from a practical standpoint. And that's probably because you know, at age 26, as you said, you had to build this company from nothing, from a, 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 a losing proposition to a $100 million company, and in an area making envelopes. I mean, this is envelopes, Charlie. I mean, boring. Are double, double boring. That's, that's, <laughs> that that's right. Well, good for you. It's, now, this um, one. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Here, here's what happens. Mm. Here's what happens, Mark. Uh, uh, if you've done it, and if you've gone through it, and if you've done some hiring and some firing and built your business, uh, as long as you can, it's what we call KISS, and everyone, your, your listeners have heard of this, keep it simple, stupid. I like to write in three, four, five-letter words. That's all. Real simple, short sentences to the point. After only two, three pages, put a moral in there at the end of the, the chapter, which is, of course, in my latest book and all my books, and then pick it up and put it down uh, kind of like popcorn you know, on yeah. your nightstand. So yeah. that's my style, and it's worked out uh, very nicely. Yeah, it really has. Now, this book, I think, is kind of interesting. You already mentioned the fact that people can actually get their money back. That's, that is rare in and of itself. Uh, but it does uh, really account for some of the confidence that you have uh, in that this being uh, a tool that um, you know, is unlike most other sort of interview tools. Now, one of the things – I mean you talk about a couple of, 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 of rather unique things in this book. One of the things you talk about extensively, and I think you just wrote an article about this, is that candidates – it's a good way to recognize good candidates – candidates that won't say no. Now, I'm looking at this uh, initially from the point of view as 
the interviewer, right, the small business person or business person interviewing someone, why is it so bad for a candidate not to say no? What does that tell us? For a candidate uh, not to say no regarding taking the job or not, Mark? Well, uh, you, you, what, you mentioned this in one of your columns. You say no is sometimes the best answer, and then you say oftentimes uh, some candidates, uh, uh, you know, they don't say no. They're always willing to please. Their, their boss says jump, and they say oh, how. Oh, we're talking. Yeah, we're talking about the yes, okay. I don't know which column. I write the columns three months in advance. Oh, okay, you yeah. Might be, you might be talking about the, one of the more recent columns probably in the last couple of weeks. Yes, Sorry, I, I was thinking about the book. Yeah, no problem. This is not be a yes. Yeah, this is not be a yes person, and, and, and there's too many yes people in there, and there are very few people that'll that'll absolutely sit there and tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Uh, we have to look at some stats here. Seventy uh, percent of all the people, small business, medium-sized business, whatever, they don't like their bosses, <laughs> and thirty percent of people don't like their jobs. And it's so easy to be a yes person mm. to your boss, to your superior. Yes, 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 yes. But you have to stand up. You have to take a stand. You have to tell the truth. You have to be relevant. You have to be authentic. Mm. And, and, and in the short term, uh, you know, uh, you, you might take a hit or two, but tell me, uh, tell me one person that tells it like it is over a long period of time that it isn't successful. So I don't believe in... You know, too many people tell the truth, but only half the truth. And that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the gist of the, if it's that the column that you're talking about. I recently wrote that the last couple of months yeah. about, about saying no. Yes, uh, and I was talking have, about that. Yes, I was. And, you, have and, to stand up and, you have to stand up and be counted, and your boss is going to is absolutely respect you all the more. It's just like going into an interview, which I talk about in the book. Everybody's prepared, you know, for all the questions that you're going to be asked. And they sit and they spend a lot of time, and that's critical. Uh, but guess what? I, I was lucky enough to be a Miss America judge uh, a few years ago. Wow. You know, someone has to do it. Yeah, and, I love it. And, and Might as well be you. Candidates, <laughs> <laughs> all those candidates were, were ready for all the questions we asked them. But you know what? They should have been asking a couple of questions, too. And hey, that was my interview for a job. Yes. Yeah, interviewed for a job, you have to be, you have to get ready to ask some questions. So if you're going in there for a job, you should say, what happened to the person that I'm replacing? Tell me a little bit about the boss. Where might I be in three years? These are my goals. And, uh, and if they ask you the question, where do you want to be in three years? Whatever you do, Mark, you, the answer is not, well, I want your job. A lot of people <laughs> do that to, to be aggressive. That's like saying, uh, "Officer, I'm sorry, I didn't know I was speeding." Exactly. Yeah. Tell me, tell me something else. Well, yeah, it has bearing on the on on your new book. Um, use your uh, use your head to get your foot in the door because of the fact that as candidates, as people going in looking for positions, um, we've got to create some influence. And how? And it's very difficult to create influence if we're just going to you know just sort of agree and take the path of least resistance without being. And and if we really do genuinely agree, that's okay. I mean, that's fine. Then we. Just Genuinely agree, we should agree. But if there's something that uh, uh, comes up that's somewhat, I don't want to say confrontative or causing conflict, but at least maybe a little controversial, it's okay to take 
your own position. And you talk about that. I know you talk about that in the book. Uh, you also talk about the fact that we need to, you know, really, you talk about the secrets, right? The secrets to, uh, uh, you know, getting some of these uh, job offers. And one of them you mm-hmm. mentioned is, is a humanization process. Talk about that. What do you mean by that? The hum- what is the humanization? Well, you must have, you must have memorized the book. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's the most, uh, that's the single most important paragraph in the whole book. Uh-huh. And that is not paragraph, but it's a whole chapter. Yeah, section, it's what yeah. I call humanize your job search. Single biggest mistake a candidate makes is that, let's just say, again, Mark, you're interviewing me, and it doesn't matter what company you represent, and you're head of the HR department, human resource department. Yes, a candidate, most candidates, will go out and Google your company, and we'll find out a little bit about your company, but that's not good enough in today's dog-eat-dog Ratty, rat, sharky, sharky. Shark. So what I want to do, what I want to do is I want to humanize my job search. I have to know a little bit about you. I have to, I have to know that people buy from other people. And there's no difference between selling yourself and getting the job. I have to know that people buy from other people because of likability, because of chemistry, because of people skills. And if I know a little bit about you, now I can level the playing field. We can find a common denominator. So hypothetically, you're interviewing me. I've done my homework. I put it in my brain bank. And before I walk in there, Mark, I know you're an author. I know you're a lecturer. I know you're CEO of this SBA network. I know you work with senior executives at Fortune 1000 companies. I know you've authored hundreds of articles which have appeared in Business Week, Inc. Magazine, Fortune magazine. Look at you go. Go. Your your latest book. Your latest book is Rules of Attention of Attraction. I'm sorry to which you you know you tell the people how to attract the right kind of clients and it's I have just ordered that on Amazon.com in the last couple hours. You were nominated for the Small Business Journalist of the Year by the Small Business Administration. Now, Mark, this is the short list. This is the short list because we don't have a lot of time here. But you know what? If I'm competent, my odds have dramatically gone up that I'm going to get the job because I've done my homework on you. Well, thanks for your interest, and and, and not only that, but um, very impressive. But it wasn't that hard, really, if we just take a few minutes and invest some time. I mean, you just invested a little bit of time. Um, in you know knowing who it is you're going to be talking to Harvey, and that's that, that's rare. As a matter of fact, I, I've been hundreds of people, and it's very rare that anyone knows any of those facts. <laughs> but but, so. uh, but but here's what here's what's critical now also, and and I don't want to be remiss without mentioning. Uh, first of all, you go to the invisible web. You see, you're well known, and so you're a lot easier to find some information. Uh, about before I walk in there, but uh-huh. 99% of all the listeners out there, when they're going for a new job, right. okay, they, all right, they're not going to know that person because they will be unknown, buried in a in a small company or a medium-sized company, whatever, to for for getting a job. They're going to be interviewed by someone unknown. Now you have right. to learn about the invisible web. What's Vis- the invisible web? I spent 10 yes. pages on that. Yes, you and it's, do. It's, it's going to search engines and databases that none of the listeners have ever heard of before. That's critical. So I urge everyone, every listener out there, to go to HarveyMcKay.com. Do not sell anything on my website 
We're just giving away information. You can download a 1295 free book on networking, which you mentioned at the top of the show, and download this Rolodex networking book, which will really tell you how to build a network. Very no cool cost book. whatsoever. You can't I will buy it anywhere. That. I will recommend you'll that. Sweet, you'll get the sweet 16 uh, preparation things you have to do and checklists, which aren't even in the book. So if they hit this, you'll hit, you'll hit the invisible web. You'll know how to absolutely get in touch with every library in the United States, every newspaper in the United States you can be reading. All these things can be happening if you go to my website, again, harveymckay.com, and all you have to do is hit, okay, the Job Secrets okay, Toolbar, Job Secrets job Toolbar. Secrets so toolbar. that's very yeah. important to know that. Okay. Well, um, now the other one of the other things you talk about in the book that you know there's certain you know methods and techniques that we need to practice, and we all have to practice what we do. And you compare it, I think, to you know someone you know playing golf and and having to, to practice and and uh, you know get out there and drive balls and 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 putt and stuff like that. Because I know you're a golfer, but um, but at the same time, um, practice isn't good enough. You talk about perfect practice. What what's the difference? Harvey, help us to understand that. I would say, yeah, yeah, practice makes perfect, not true. You have to add that one word, perfect practice makes perfect. For those that are golfers out there, you can play golf eight days a week. You can practice golf eight days a week. You've got a loop in your swing. What are you doing? You're perfecting an error. You've put a ceiling on how good you can become. So therefore, I, I say in the book, Go out and hire a coach. Get a career coach. Go out and, and get coaching in every field of endeavor where you want to improve. I have a golf coach. I have a tennis coach. I have a speech coach. I have a humor coach. I have a writing coach. I have a marathon coach. I've run 10 marathons with my coach. Uh, but I'm wow. practicing the right concepts. Yeah. And all that means, this is crucial, whatever my God-given talent is, in any field of endeavor, I can't get any better. Hmm. I've focused, I've concentrated, I've put it on the front burner, I've had coaching, and so when I walk away, I don't feel badly at all. And hmm. that's why every interviewer, again, should go you know, take some presentation lessons, get a kitchen cabinet. Kitchen cabinet is two or three or four close friends that care about you. Hmm. Have them buy a video camera, and then they should be taking pictures, put you on film. Right there so that you can view yourself, interviewing yourself, you know, they're interviewing you, hard questions. And then they can absolutely constructively criticize, critique your mm -hmm. performance, okay? Yes. And you'll get better. So that's what I mean about practicing the right concepts. And, Mark, so I've got about three more minutes, and then I, I go on another lengthy interview. I've got a couple thousand people waiting for me on a tele-seminar. Hello, Summer. We we don't want to hold you up for that. Real quickly, you talk about warning signs that you could lose your job. What are they, Harvey? Yes. Real quick. Well, uh, no, there there are about twenty of them in the book. I'll just uh, give you a couple salient points. Number one, all of a sudden the boss is asking you to put more things in writing that he that he or she has done before. Uh, right. You might see that that your desk is moved. You might see mm. the boss going out with somebody else for lunch. Uh, that you know that, that could be they could be interviewing. All of a sudden, you're not invited to quite the number of meetings that you've been invited to before. You've mm -hmm. asked to been kept now 
or keep more copious records, uh, real, real fine-tuning, your record-keeping. All of those things can happen, which are red flags, and you have to be very, very careful. The emails aren't coming as many from the boss. He's not in touch with you or she's not in touch with you as much as before. So those are all the warning signs that, hey, uh, something may be up. And again, uh, uh, the book is, is for anybody to, that wants to improve themselves, let alone looking for a job. And it's an A to Z. I like to describe it as an A to Z uh, career resource book. Well, thank you so much, Harvey. I know you need to run. Let's just uh, let the listeners know. Go check the book out anywhere books are sold, Amazon, you name it. Use your head to get your foot in the door by Mr. Harvey McKay and go check out the website. Real simple, HarveyMcKay.com. Harvey, thanks for so much. Uh, thanks so much for being with us, I should say. And uh, we're uh, we're excited about the, the results of the book. And we're we're gonna we're, gonna, we're planning on inviting you back. Okay, you you come back and visit Great. with us again. Well, thank I you. Would, so- I would love to. I would love to congratulate uh, you. I salute and applaud your beautiful career. It was fun researching you, and and okay. you've got a lot of experiences too. So I'm thrilled. Uh, that's a national bestseller after one week. And, again, all the listeners should, should know money-back guarantee if it doesn't help you. That's right, money-back guarantee. Thank you, Mr. Harvey McKay, and good Thank luck you. with your new book, and we'll stay in touch. Okay, take care of yourself. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. There you go, folks. Mr. Harvey McKay on the show of the famed Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive. How about that? Real uh, regular guy, and um, uh, how about that, Matthew? He's he has like more coaches than most people I know. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it sounds like he has a coach for everything. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Uh, you're listening to the Small Business Hour right here on the SBA Network. Go nowhere because we will be right back. The Small Business Hour is brought to you by CBON, the last communications company a small business will ever need. CBeyond, big solutions for growing your small business. For over 10 years, CBeyond has provided small businesses with the communication tools for success. We're proud to offer services such as local and long-distance voice, mobile, and broadband internet access, along with enhanced features like voicemail, email, web hosting, data backup, file sharing, VPN, and more. So as your business grows, we've got you covered. CBeyond, the last communications company a small business will ever need. Winning means sinking more shots, blowing away the competition, coming in first. Being second might have been okay for mom, but today, coming in second just gets you a pat on the back and a, hey, thanks for trying. Dale Carnegie Training gives you and your people the skills you need to win. For salespeople, how to be more strategic, earn and keep that important client. From prospecting to information gathering to negotiations to closing. For managers, it's how to win the commitment of your team. Build teamwork and loyalty like never before. A company where people excel. Dale Carnegie training isn't some boot camp with a drill instructor who breaks you down and leaves you in a daze. And it isn't going back to school for years and pulling all-nighters while you're still trying to do your regular job. It's the right training for the real world that teaches you how to win more often. It works and it sticks. Call now, 562-427-1040. Face it, as a business owner, manager, or salesperson, you're paid for results. Winning results. So make winning a habit. Call 562-427-1040. Come on, you were made to win. 562-427-1040. 
Are compliance issues keeping you up at night? Are you worried that your labor law posters may be out of date? Do you even know how to protect your business from fines of thousands of dollars? Without a dedicated compliance department, it's hard to remain on top of the constantly evolving labor law legislation at the state and federal level. That's why the experts at Compliance Poster Company provide their clients with a dedicated research department. The innovator of the all-on-one compliance poster, Compliance Poster Company has simplified labor law compliance. Just hang one poster and you're in compliance with all federal and state labor law mandates. Then when labor laws change, you'll receive an email to let you know and your restless nights. Call the compliance experts at Compliance Poster Company today at 1-800-817-7678. That's 1-800-817-7678. Once again, 1-800-817-7678. Or on the web at CompliancePoster.com. The Small Business Hour is brought to you by CBion, the last communications company a small business will ever need. All right, folks, welcome back to the Small Business Hour right here on the SBA Network. My name is Mark Dio, of course, with me, the inimitable Matthew Walker. And today we're talking about how entrepreneurs can compete more effectively and a lot of resources available to us today, even though um, obviously there's um, – uh, the the market is proliferated by the large brands. It is uh, a challenge for entrepreneurs to compete effectively. Oftentimes what we see is entrepreneurs actually do compete more effectively than the bigger companies. And collectively, uh, that uh, shows in the statistics because the 27 million businesses, the 27 million small businesses, literally contribute to uh, more than 50% of our gross domestic product. So, Obviously, uh, we're doing a good job. And to help us to do a better job, um, a young man um, has actually uh, started recently an organization called the United, United States Center for Entrepreneurship. Um, his name is Dave Meadows, and uh, he's a guest today. And Dave is actually um, himself, obviously, an entrepreneur. He calls himself a serial entrepreneur. And... Um, he has uh, founded uh, a variety of businesses in publishing software, printing, education. Uh, his largest business actually has 500 employees, apparently, 500 individuals uh, as members uh, to the business. So uh, he knows about entrepreneurship, and uh, we're very excited because this is uh, actually an opportunity to educate folks. He actually has uh, in this educational organization uh, some great folks like Jay Conrad Levinson Misner and a number of people who uh, are committed to small business. So I'd like you to welcome to the show um, Mr. Uh, David Meadows. David, welcome to the Small Business Hour today. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. We're glad to have you. Now, what uh, really does amaze me, uh, David, is that there was no United States Center for Entrepreneurship until you came along and created it. <laughs> that is correct. And that is unbelievable. That I mean, that is absolutely unbelievable. Because you you would think, and 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 listeners, this is this is a, a point in case here. You, you know, we often think in this two thousand ten year twenty first century that everything has been thought of before. But yet, you did a search and you found out there was there did not exist a United States Center for Entrepreneurship. 
<laughs> that is correct. And for me, it was just something that uh, I stumbled upon it. Actually, I had uh, I live in the Tampa Bay area of Florida, and I had presented the concept of starting a center for entrepreneurship at a local college here. And the president had told me, well, David, it's going to be at least two years before I can do that. So I started looking online to see, to research other centers for entrepreneurship, and that's when I typed in United States Center for Entrepreneurship in Google and realized there had never been one. So I immediately started, my wheels were turning, and uh, started thinking about how I could create a center for entrepreneurship. And that's where I ended up applying for a trademark, and from there just kind of started thinking about ways that I could help other entrepreneurs. And um, I'd be happy to talk a little bit about how that kind of came about as well, but uh, that, that's the genesis of it. Well, absolutely. So this is an educational organization, and of course it is a – it's not a nonprofit. It is a for-profit organization, but it is an educa- is a for-profit organization dedicated to educating entrepreneurs. And what is it that – was it this project you were doing for a university that sort of incited your passion for this, or was that already there, David? Well, what it ended up being is um – after uh, starting a few different companies, I took some time off, and my parents convinced me to move to Florida, which is where my whole family lives. And so uh, when I came down here, I didn't know what my next company was going to be, and I met uh, someone at the college, at St. Petersburg College, actually, in, in, in the St. Petersburg area of Clearwater, uh, Clearwater, Florida area. And, um, and so I, I was asked if I would consider raising money for the college. So I raised money for the college for a couple of years, and that's when... I thought, gosh, you know, the college could have a great center for entrepreneurship here. And what, as an entrepreneur, I would go around and I would speak at colleges, universities, and chambers of commerce and rotary clubs about life as an entrepreneur. And so a lot of times people would come up to me afterwards and say, David, you know, I'd love to start a company, but I don't have any clue on how to get started. So I would help people individually, just, you know, one-on-one, kind of getting them into a business plan and helping them think through their business. And that's when I approached Dr. Cutler about starting the Center for Entrepreneurship, and it was just something that uh, he said, oh, it's going to be at least two years before we could do that. So that's kind of how it, how it really came about, wanting to help people and realizing that while there are resources on the web, and there are a lot of resources, a lot of times people just need to have their hand held and to be able to kind of you know, get that validated, that they're working on you know, something that you know, has merit, but they also need step-by-step-by-step instructions on how to get started. Mm. Now, uh, when you say uh, Dr. Kotler, are you talking about Northwest, Northwestern University in Chicago, Dr. Kotler? Uh, no, this is Dr. Carl Cutler. I, oh, don't, okay. I don't think he has any relation there, but this is Dr. Carl Cutler, okay. very innovative uh, president. He actually just retired from St. Petersburg College about okay. uh, a couple of months ago. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Philip Kotler, uh, Dr. Philip Kotler is you know, very famous, probably the most, one of the most famous, um, you know, uh, educators for uh-huh. for business uh, in, in, in the world at Northwestern University. So I thought maybe that's what it was. But OK, so you, so that was sort of the genesis of uh, this uh, United States Center for Entrepreneurship. Now, um, tell us about. What is the sort of mandate or what is the mission for the organization, David? What is, what is sure. the direction you're going here with this? Sure. Well, we, we currently offer the step-by-step classes. And the way I kind of say it is on the Internet and all around the communities are people telling you what you need to do but not how to do it. And that's really what we try and do as our mission. We try and tell them how to get started. And so in each of the classes that we offer – we almost offer 15 different classes uh, in everything from how to start a business and 
business ideas and how to write a business plan. And one thing that a lot of people don't think about is how to actually present their plan. So when they create a business plan, how should they present it? So we even have a business plan presentation class from a successful entrepreneur and angel investor telling them what he wants to know as an angel investor. And I think that's very important because banks and angels and you know, other organizations, really, they have a certain metric of what they're looking for from the entrepreneur. So we've tried to create step-by-step instructions with both audio, uh, lessons, the typed written lessons, as well as what we call an action guide that is downloadable to the entrepreneur's web, to the entrepreneur's computer, where they can type in information about their own business on their own computer so it's confidential to them. And so our mandate really is to provide this step-by-step process to help them get started, you know, in each area of their business. And so we take them kind of through the early stages on through to the growth and even through uh, developing employees and marketing and things like that. So uh, that's the, the real component, the crux of what we're up to. Now, we are actually uh, going to be unveiling some new services, a new suite of services in 2010, where we can help to support them in other areas as well. And I think that's something that uh, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they get started, they have some education, uh, and they want to do it themselves, but they also, because they wear so many hats, they need additional assistance because they just don't have the time in the day to do everything themselves. Now, is the target audience, so I'm looking at this website here, and um, I'm noticing that there's a student login at the top. Um, is the target audience business uh, business school students who are soon uh, emerging into the um, work work uh, working world and sort of entrepreneurism? Right. Is that is that is that we, the target? You know that that's a, that's a very strong question because for any business owner, they really need to understand their true target market and. Um, we actually we have a website revision coming up, and that will start to say member login because oh, it, it does appear that you know we're we're going after just students, and we are reaching students. But if you think about it, in today's economy, with the way in which you know people have lost their jobs, unfortunately, entrepreneurship is on the rise. Uh, more and more people that have lost their job always translates to more and more people starting companies. Mm-hmm. In fact, CareerBuilder reported that twenty three percent people on their website that are looking for jobs are also looking at starting a company. So overall, our target market really is anyone who wants to start a company. And that's a very broad market, um, but it is something that our classes apply to anyone that is thinking about starting a company. So that's uh, something I just want to clarify. Now, you are offering this certification program, this certificate, which is really issued by this organization, and is your hope to, um, you know, build some uh, awareness uh, that um, if you have a certification from the Center for Entrepreneurship and you're going to investors, that it's going to be meaningful? Is that sort of the goal of that? That, that really is the goal. Um, in the early stage in our research, we found that everybody, I mean, everybody asks if you have a certificate program. And as an entrepreneur, you know, I think of a certificate as you've written your business plan, you've raised money, and you've started your company. To me, that's a certificate. You know, that's really what you want to do. But people really did want a certificate, so we've added a certificate program, and it really it is a certificate of completion that they've gone through the classes. But our goal is that if you went to a banker, and you're sitting next to somebody who is also trying to raise money, and they um, have not received any education at all, 
you might be viewed as a better candidate to that banker, to that angel investor, to you know, who, um, uncle, you know, family or friend, who's looking at providing money to you, just to show that you've covered your bases. And my belief is that a lot of people have failed in business because they haven't properly prepared you know, their whole business. They don't have a clear vision for success before they get started. And whether they come to our center or whether they go locally or somewhere else to get help, I just encourage that they get help because if they don't have a clear vision for success, clearly um, you can see the statistics are very poor for failure. Right, right. Now, what are the most popular classes? Because I see you have classes on accounting, on business law, on, well, of course, you know, guerrilla marketing, obviously, with Jay Conrad, mm-hmm. and networking, and that sort of thing. So what are, what are the most uh, popular classes that you offer? Sure, sure. Well, we've just started recently. We've just launched recently. And we're finding that the people that we've been reaching really are right at the beginning stage. Uh, we are finding that people just want that how to start a business class where they're getting in and they're learning about uh, researching their target market, researching their overall market, researching their competition. So right now, just in the last couple of months, we've been finding that we're reaching the target that we're going for, which is those that are just getting started. And that, that's something for us. We've set this up much like a college or university where we have different steps. So at startmybusiness.com, you can go from class 201 into the 300 series, into the 400 series. And so the idea is that you get the foundation and you just keep building on that foundation you know, with each additional class. Um, so I think that means that we are doing the right um, target marketing for ourselves. When you ask about our target market, we're trying to reach those people who are learning how to start a business. We have about, out of the you know, out of all the people that come to our website, I would say uh, let's see, about 35% of them click on how to start a business. So 40% probably actually. But, so um, these are folks who have probably not yet started businesses. They're flirting with this idea, and mm-hmm. this is a way for them to become educated on it and perhaps uh, you know, decide yay or nay, I suppose. Correct. In fact, yeah. you know, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's that's a valuable uh, um, a place for people that are looking to start a business, a valuable place to go. A- absolutely. And today I wanted to, I, I didn't get to mention this to you earlier, but I wanted to give your audience an opportunity to get started as well. So we've created a coupon code that will give them a free class. Either they can take the class 201 or 202. 201 is how to start a business. And that takes them through specifically researching their overall market, their target market, their competition, and then also the profit potential for their particular product or service. And if people on your uh, audience that are listening right now, if they went to startmybusiness.com, they can type in, if they go to class 201 or to class 202, 202 is a business ideas class where they can, if they, they know they want to start a company but they don't know what type of business they want to get into, that helps to evaluate where they've been in the past and where they want to go in the future and gives them a whole cadre of ideas on which to start their own company. Um, Either of those two classes, they can click on Register Now, and when they type in the coupon code Get Started and they apply it, make sure that they apply the coupon code Get Started, that will remove the $79 fee down to zero, and they can get started right away on on either of those two classes for free at startmybusiness.com. So I hope that's something that would be valuable to your to your audience. 
Sure. Okay. Well, uh, oh, very well. Um, so, folks, uh, go, go check it out. Start, what is it, startmybusiness.com? Is that That is uh, correct, yeah. Startmybusiness.com. We, uh, we do use our acronym for United States Center for Entrepreneurship, which is USCFE.com. But the startmybusiness.com is a little bit easier when we talk to people over the phone and over the radio in other areas. Well, it sounds really good, David. We appreciate your uh, your time and the efforts you're putting forth, and wish you uh, wish you the very best. But go check it out, folks. Startmybusiness.com, uh, and again, uh, it's David Meadows, and you can get uh, you can get a free class. I guess is there a code that they have to put in or something, David? Or yeah, that the code is get started. Get so the started. coupon code okay. is get started. Get started. And- so pop that code in, and you can take a free class, see what you think of this class, and uh, perhaps it looks like there's a whole bunch of other classes available, so uh, perhaps that might uh, get you started with some, other, uh, with some other classes as well. Well, thank you so much. It's a very interesting story. It's amazing that, uh, that uh, such, a, such a designation is available. <laughs> Pretty yeah. amazing in and of itself. But uh, good luck to you, my friend, and we wish you the very best. And stay in touch with us. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate. Yeah, this is great. All right, thank you so much. All right, Matthew. Well, it certainly has been a uh, wild and woolly show today. A lot happening. A lot happening on the Small Business Hour, of course. The the um, autopsy of the Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say autopsy, but um, I guess the um, review of the Academy Awards, and then naturally, yeah. Yes, and then naturally, um, uh, of course, our great friend, uh, Harvey McKay, uh, the author of Swim of the Sharks Without Being in Love. Can you believe five million books he sold? Five that's, million. That's a lot of books. It's like the Bible or something. You know what I mean? That's a ton of books. Um, so go check out you know, his new book, folks. Use your head to get your foot in the door. And I want to say I want to recommend this, Matthew, to business owners who are interviewing this Absolutely. Very, so you're going to know what candidates are thinking and what they, what you should be looking for, and yeah, and what the good candidates will be doing. I mean, what what Harvey talks about in the book are what the good candidates are doing. Frankly, and, and, and you have to bet that somebody, if somebody has read his book, and they're go out there using those techniques in an interview, that's somebody who's likely committed to learning more about what it is they're going to be doing on the job. They're likely somebody who's going to be a committed employee, I and mean, that says a lot about who they are as a person, which is really important. No question about it. No question about it. Um, also want to uh, – so go check out HarveyMcKay.com, guys. It's Harvey, M-C-K-A-Y, HarveyMcKay.com, or M-A-C-K-A-Y, Yep. Um, I should say. Uh, if you spell it wrong, you'll still get there because he is so famous. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the U.S. Center for Entrepreneurship, they do have some classes, so you might want to check that out. Mm-hmm. And our good friends at the American Small Business League, Matthew, and there aren't many people who are really advocate. You know what I like about these guys is they call a spade a spade. They actually mm-hmm. um, will talk about things that, uh, uh, you know, that, that the, the SBA should be doing, and they're not afraid to talk about the, the salary of, uh, of the press uh, secretary there. But you know what? They also – will um, bring up uh, positive things that the SBA has done. And you'll, you'll notice that he did. He did mention the billion-dollar uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, new funding and uh, that that is a good thing. So I, I, don't, I don't think there's any partisanship there. I really do think that the American Small Business League is uh, going out of their way uh, to try to um, you know, help us to understand what is happening in Washington uh, and what should be happening in Washington in a yep. way that isn't political. It's really anti-political. It's yeah, there's sort of a, a counterbalance to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which is all about securing more funds for the huge businesses, and they're 
about, uh, hey, let's make sure some of that money is going to small businesses rather than the huge ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, anyway, there you have it, folks. There is the uh, uh, Small Business Hour for today. Uh, want to invite you to continue to listen. Want to invite you to give us feedback um, on what, what, what topics you would like to see us cover. I mean, what uh, areas of interest. Or if you think the show sucks, tell us that so we can uh, know how to improve it. Um, if you think that um, the show is great, tell us what you think is great about it so uh, we can uh, you know, maintain focus on those things. Again, um, you'll be uh, – uh, well, you're listening to the Small Business Hour, and Matthew, you'll be doing your comedy coming up. You're still doing comedy, aren't you, Matthew? But now Absolutely. you're moving into the world of acting, I understand. Oh, well, taking a class. That doesn't taking mean I'm an actor. Okay, so you're just taking a class there. Yeah. A lot of things happening also with the SBA Network. Starting tonight, Matthew, a mm-hmm. new sales class. Very excited about that. I think we have about 30 participants. Yeah, if you want to get in on that, uh, what's the number to call? 562-427-1040. Uh, Dale Carnegie Training uh, will uh, get you booked. Um, or email me. I'll be happy to uh, help you with that. MarketMarkDeo.com. Uh, also, um, we're doing a webinar. When's our webinar, Matthew? The 24th? I believe March 24th. March 24th. And we'll have more details on that next week. On uh, how to do due diligence. Actually, a lot of fun. It's really a hilarious webinar. That's actually pretty funny. Uh, but, and you will walk away with understanding how to do due diligence when it comes to, well, when it comes to anything, investments, hiring someone, whatever it is, the, the process of due diligence. Um, also, well, just a whole bunch of stuff coming. I think we're starting a uh, presentation class. Um, we're actually starting. There's a Dale Carnegie class that's starting soon. Uh, so all kinds of stuff happening with the SBA network. So uh, stay listening. We appreciate uh, your uh, you as a listener. Um, again, it is the Small Business Hour right here on the SBA network. Um, do this. Have a positive, have a profitable, and have a very productive week. We'll see you next Monday. The Small Business Hour is brought to you by Cbion, the last communications company a small business will ever need.